Live here in Washington, D.C., home of your favorite and best creators. You are now tuned in to people that you don't know that you should know. I'm your host, Ty Westbrook, featuring my co-host, Murray Ann. And let's get going with today's show. Yeah. And if you don't know, now you know. If you know, you know. Hey, 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 people. You already know what it is. It's your boy, Ty Westbrook, on the mic. And I'm here with my lovely co-host, Marianne. Hello, Tyrone. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. We're here for another episode. Of? People that you don't know. That, that you, you should know. Well, and I got to tell you, if you don't already know Andrea Seeger, you should. And why is that? Well, because she's, well, she's kind of cool, is first and foremost, of right? Of course. She's interesting. Yes. She's got a lot to say. Yes. She's curious. And she's definitely rocking the blue with the blue, with the, you know, with the earrings and the, and the dress. It's, it's lovely. And you too. You're blue. I know, you're yeah. Blue. We're, we're, we're kindred spirits today. We're all rocking the blue. I don't know where you were on that memo. Uh, I don't know. I missed out. <laughs> yeah. You guys didn't send me the memo. So, uh, Andrea, say hi. How are you? Hi, guys. How are you? Happy to be here. It's a sunny, nice day in D.C. Yes, we love that. We love that. So I, I met you recently at, uh, at an event, and I was super excited because you have such a wonderful energy about you, and we started talking about uh, a, a travel and this book that you have written, um, uh, and uh, I just assumed that you were a writer, and then as we got through deeper into our conversation it went all these different like rabbit holes and all of the other things that you've sort of done and been a part of and that just got me super curious about uh your journey and what gets you excited so so what's getting you excited today well today i'm just happy to be out and about i'm happy to be over here in the navy yard because i don't come over here terribly often so i figured it's a day off so i'm gonna go cruise the navy yard and see what i find can you tell folks a little bit about this wonderful book that you've written called 111 Places in Washington That You Must Not Miss? How did that come about? It's actually part of a guidebook series that's published in Cologne in Germany. And there are something like 400 books in the series. So I was asked to submit a proposal for DC and my proposal was accepted and it sent me off on my my chase around the city to include some of my favorite places as well as to go hunting it was my excuse to go find some of the places that had been on my my list for a long time and in the process of going in my directions that I had kind of already forged it sent me off on all these tangents to places that I didn't know I didn't know I can imagine that it takes an enormous amount of uh, curiosity to uh, to go on that exploration Oh yeah, it was really fun. And <laughs> and I think a lot of that came out of it was the really great conversations. I, somewhere along the way in my life, you know, we were always told when we were little, don't talk to strangers. Well, I'm grown up now and I can talk to whoever I want to. <laughs> so I had some of the most fabulous conversations with people in my, you know, in the nine months or so that I spent walking around the city and busing around the city, I don't have a car. So I expl I found a whole slew of new bus routes <laughs> that I had never used before. Was it hard to find uh, 111 places? Oh, no. It how, was many how many did you have to choose among? I mean, you must have, like, hundreds that you were looking at. My big list was probably 300 and change mm. and you know some of them got ruled out because they didn't exist or because um 
you know, we didn't necessarily agree with my, my editor and I didn't agree or my editor superseded something over something else, you know, you have to include this. Okay. So there was a lot of, um, the first 50 were super easy. The last 10 were not so easy because by the last 10, I still had a list of about 200 places and I could only pick the last 10. Mm -hmm. So those were, the last 10 were a challenge. How did you go about with making uh, those decisions with the last 10? Some of it was with my editor who lived here a number of years ago for about 10 years. And she's like, what about this? What about that? Consider this neighborhood. You don't have enough of this theme. Um, go down, go that direction. And some of it was just me saying, okay, well, I really want to include so-and-so or such-and-such a place. And it was it was oddly painstaking because like, well, I really want to include that one, but I only have two slots left. So I have to pick the two out of three. So it wasn't it wasn't that easy, which was a little surprising to me. When you were going about talking to all of these folks and learning so many interesting things about this city, what are some of the stories or people uh, who stood out to you in those conversations? I think one of my Three of my favorites, four of my favorites, oh, too many. But the one who always pops into my head is Mr. Peterbug. Um, for all the Mr. Peterbug neighbors, yes, he actually does have a first name, but I'm not telling you what it is. Um, everybody in the neighborhood knows Mr. Peterbug in um, Capitol Hill East by that name. It's his nickname. He is a master shoemaker and a master cobbler, and he owns his own business. It's the Peterbug Shoe Academy. And not only does is he an entrepreneur, but he's also a retired high school teacher and a an entrepreneur. And he was in that neighborhood through, he's been in that neighborhood through good and bad. And he's, I look at him and I consider him the, the mayor of, the mayor of Capitol Hill East. There's a street named after him. And the one thing that he told me that had me falling on the floor with laughter was, was yeah, when I got a call from my, from my, um, member of the city council telling me they wanted to name a street after me. He goes, wait a minute. I thought you were supposed to be dead <laughs> for that to happen. But he is one of the most delightful, charming, wonderful, entrepreneurial, um, nurturing people that I met on this trail. And shout out to Mr. Peterbug. That's awesome. It sounds like that you've always had a uh, kind of curious or exploratory nature. Can you uh, tell us a little bit about where that comes from? Yeah, it started with my parents. We were travelers, and my parents were college professors. And eventually my mom owned her own business as a translator. But when we were kids, they would just throw everybody in the, in the million-year-old Volkswagen with zillions of miles on it and say, okay, we're going to Mexico for Christmas. And we would drive, we would drive to see our cousins in Maine, and every time we went somewhere, it was different. And it was usually, dad would say, oh, I found out that there's this great diner on route whatever in upstate New York, so we're gonna go that way instead of the other way. And we've, we've had passports since we were little, and that was just, it just was, to be honest. Mom and dad would just throw us in the car, put us on an airplane, give us our coloring books, and, you know, back in the analog days. And 
we'd jump in the car and we would just have a big old time. Hmm. And they also encouraged and on some levels forced us to eat everything, at least try it. (laughs) So none of us are scared of food. Um, And it was just, it was, it was really fun. And I think we were, that was cultivated in us from our, from, I can't even remember when and where it started. And also we always had art in our house and we always had colorful characters in our house. So um, that it started at a really, really young age. Yeah, I'm interested in, in, in how, you know, I think about that in relation to some of the adventures that me and my child have and, and how, I wonder how that will materialize as she's, you know, as she becomes an adult, you know, because I, I, I didn't think about it until way later where, cause my family, we did the same thing. You know, we got, you know, shoved in the back of a van and we, a suburban actually, and we would drive out to meet the cousin somewhere in the West and go camping. And, you know, we did that every summer. And, and, and I remember, and my mother would make us go through all sorts of crazy things. We, one summer, I told Andrea this, but I have to tell Ty this. One, one summer, she made um, uh, us literally look at every Indian ruin in the state of New Mexico. And it was horrendous, right? Like, my brother and I finally <laughs> rebelled at some point in time. It's like, there's no way we are not getting out of the car anymore. We are not looking at any of my poor mother, you know, because she was just loving every second of it. But I think back on that, and I go, like, rock and roll mom. Because it really, I do feel like those kind of experiences made me an enormously curious animal. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always interested in the things that I, I don't really know and kind of want to explore, which is something that I really love about your um, your story a little bit. So mm-hmm. rock and roll mom, I'm just giving you a shout out. <laughs> nice job. Okay, good. So tell us a little bit more about, um, uh, you have some uh, funny uh, experiences with uh, with how you guys managed to pay for all of that art that you uh, um, consumed over the years. Oh, <laughs> we have a couple of a couple of good stories. My parents traded a lot of blue jeans for art, for indigenous art <laughs> over the years. My dad worked on a goose banding project in in Churchill, Manitoba, in the sticks of Canada for a number of years. And the Inuits found out that Doc liked their art. So they would wrap, they would, some you know, somebody's uncle, father, grandmother, whoever would carve these giant soapstone carvings. And the kids would come over in with this wrapped in a blanket or a towel. It's like, Doc, we hear you like our art. Dad, and the first couple of times, Dad didn't have much cash. And he goes, all I've got is clothes. And I'm like, okay, what do you have? So I, we have my mom, it was still in my mom's collection that Dad had this giant piece of, this giant sculpture, Inuit sculpture, that he traded blue jeans for in 19, I don't know, 70-something. <laughs> and then on another occasion, we were on a, sh- on a freighter with my mom, the three of us, my sisters, Dad had to go back to work, and we were going to from Mexico to Chile to meet our cousins, who were my mom's relatives. And we get to the port of Guayaquil in Ecuador, and there's a man with these little pre-Columbian statues that he had found in his yard or in his farm. And mom looks at us, and she's like, go back to the boat right now. Get every single pair of jeans that we have in our suitcases and come back fast before he changes his mind. (laughs) So my mom traded blue jeans for, I think it was three pieces of pre-Columbian art. So, yeah, we were we learned the the whole art of bartering, bartering when we were little. Not Early scared on. of that either. Yeah, it's like I'll trade you my jeans. 
With all of the exploration that you've done around this city, uh, can you remember some things that have surprised you? I was really, really pleasantly surprised with Upper Northeast. And I knew that there were a lot of things going on, like out Rhode Island Avenue and radiating off of Rhode Island Avenue. But this was my excuse to really go have a look. And there's so much, there's so many great places up there. There's a lot of entrepreneurial spirit way up Rhode Island Avenue, um, you know, from like the 2000 block on up. There's an art community that starts at the DC line and goes up into Hyattsville. And I really, really enjoyed wandering around that neighborhood. Um, there were a few places that I couldn't find. You know, I was looking for, I was on my Marvin Gaye trail, which unfortunately there's not, there aren't too many remnants of Marvin Gaye that remain. Um, but I think that was one of my best surprises was hmm. finding Chuck Brown Park and finding, you know, where Zeke's Coffee Roasters is and all these cool little places that radiate off of Rhode Island Avenue. Yeah, you know, it's always interesting to me how we can encourage um, other people to, to explore in that way too, right? Because we do get comfortable in our uh, in our environments, right? Where mm -hmm. we are and what we know. And, and yes, we venture out a little bit to maybe go see a show or something like that. But um, I, I wish there were ways, or do you know of any, or are there ways that you have discovered and think about to encourage people to do more of that exploration on their own to get to know their city? I would say get your face out of your phone. You can start with that. Um, just go look around or maybe pick a neighborhood, any neighborhood, and just give yourself an hour, two hours, four hours, maybe take a bus, maybe take a city bus instead of driving, and just see where you end up. Um, the fun thing about taking city buses is, yeah, it takes longer, but you can just sit there and watch the world go by, and I've discovered a lot of places, and also on certain bus routes, now that I know a lot more bus routes, that... It's amazing how much things change these days, yeah. but yet it's nice to see some of the old establishments that remain the same. Um, there's some really, you know, even as cool for as cool as the Navy Yard is now, there's some really great little places that are tucked away that I think people just don't realize are a couple hundred yards down the block. For example, um, if I may, you may. the the Bathyscaphe Trieste, which is one of my places, and I found that while I was looking for something else. Um, I was thinking I would include the Navy, um, the U.S. Navy Museum, which is a cool but fierce little museum. And in the process of looking to see what they had in there, I found out that they have the Bathyscaphe Trieste, which is, I think until about two weeks ago, and I'm not 100% sure about the, the, the measurements, the, the, the mileage, but up until possibly two weeks ago, this thing that looks like a giant oil drum with a dome on the bottom with a cracked window made it down into the Marianas Trench to the lowest point, the deepest point in the ocean in the world. And that was in 1960 with two, two men on board um, designed by the balloon designer, um, Auguste Picard. And that's right here in the Navy Yard. And it's a little bit of a chore to get into the Navy Yard because you have to go through security. 
but that is a really cool little museum. They've mm-hmm. got you've got a a marker, you've got a grave marker on a parking garage for the leg of Colonel Dahlgren, who was a Civil War colonel, and his family buried his leg there because they couldn't throw it out on Buzzard Point, which I also found out is called that because it was pretty gruesome, um, shall we say, dumping ground. Mm, all right. <laughs> and But there are all these really cool places that if you just walk in the door, go through the gate, you'll find some great stuff. Mm. And, you know, phones and GPS come in handy, but sometimes it's fun to just say, today I'm going to 14th Street. Yeah. And I'm not going to stay in the regular stretch. I'm going to go way north. Yeah, and see where see what happens. Well, it's interesting how when you when you live someplace, you have a tendency to be, or at least in my experience, tends to be less adventurous than when you travel someplace. Because I know after I li- I lived in New York City for ten years, and then after I after I left, when I would go back, I would always pick a neighborhood that I hadn't stayed in, and and I'd go get like some Airbnb or something out in some little neighborhood that I didn't spend much time in, and I would walk around the place I'd be like god I didn't realize this was here when I lived here and I felt like I learned so much more about the place after I left and I wasn't there sort of in the grind doing the work like living my day-to-day and I had more time to uh like go go explore and so I think about that a lot when I get Mm -hmm. lazy right like if I get too you know um sort of still in my own environment and too comfortable and right. the is try to do that and the buses you're right buses are great man the, you see so much when you just hop on the bus they're great actually my editor and I had a funny laugh because I was like, oh, I should put the longest metro bus route in the book. And her first re- response was, what? And she thought about it for a second. She's like, oh, that's a good idea. Well, it turns out the longest bus route is the 30S. I put the 30N, um, which is five minutes shorter. But it goes from Friendship Heights all the way to Naylor Road. And about 60% of my 111 places are within probably a five to eight block walk off that bus route. And it goes across the entire city. And even if you don't want to get off the bus, it's a $2 tour. It's great. (laughs) Um, And it's, there are all these really cool neighborhoods like Capitol Hill East. I just went walking around. I found a pretzel bakery. Who knew? I found um, walking around Congressional Cemetery, which is now getting some renown, but Congressional Cemetery is fascinating, absolutely fascinating. Oh, I bet. And the names for things, or then I found um, Green Hat Gin, which has a, you know, they're a funny story, but the Green Hat comes from, it's named for um, the official bootlegger to Congress during Prohibition. And I thought, well, where did he live? He had offices in the in the Capitol, but where did he live? Turns out he lived in Capitol Hill East and his house was for sale recently. I'm like, oh, that's not bad, $800,000. I could I could <laughs> buy the bootlegger's house. You know, and, and it's funny because when you go off in one direction, I'm the queen of tangents yeah. in speech and in life. <laughs> and I kept finding different places and different people just by going off on tangents, or I was finding things while I was looking for something else. Yeah, when you think about the uh, community of creatives and entrepreneurs that we have in, the, in our city, is there any advice that you have for them to to really expand their curiosity? I would say, go for a walk, or you know, find out where the where the creatives um, n- maybe not necessarily congregate, 
But there are so many great little outposts of creativities of creativity, whether it's music or art or you know clothing, utilitarian housewares, things like that. All over, they're they're everywhere. And talk to strangers mm. because I think you know some of these these small businesses have actually turned into incubators or some of them were intentionally made as incubators for other small businesses. And I'd say talk to your brethren, talk to your customers, and take some time away from whatever it is that you're doing, creating, making, building, growing, and go for a walk. Maybe not in your neighborhood. Go for a walk and make new friends. Talk to strangers. Those strangers strangers might turn into friends. That has happened to me recently. Yeah, I can imagine. Yep. Yeah. That's cool. Well, tell folks how they can find out more about you and, and maybe uh, take a gander at the book. What, what's a way that they can stay connected? I am on Instagram. I'm Urban Safari DC 111 on Instagram. And my book is available. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Shout out to all the local booksellers in DC. Um, it's available at All Three Politics and Prose, Kramer Books, East City Bookstore, Solid State. I believe it's at Mahogany and would love to see it at Busboys, hint, hint. Um, And it's also in a lot of the, um, it's at the National Gallery of Art. It's been approved by the Smithsonian and by the National Park Service. And, you know, thank you, thank you, thank you to the Smithsonian and the National Park Service for putting me on your shelves and to the National Gallery of Art. So it's, uh, it can be found in a lot of the museum shops. Um, that are also many of which are there are Smithsonian's themselves are not in the book but there are places inside several Smithsonian's that are in the book well that's fantastic well thank you so much for spending a little time with us and, and letting our community know a little bit more about what you do and expanding their curiosity thank you so much for having me this morning this has been really fun Good. and kudos to you for all that you do as well oh thank you so much thank you have a good one. Peace you, out. Good morning. My name is Andrea Seeger. I am the I'm a Washingtonian and the author of 111 Places in Washington That You Must Not Miss, a guidebook for adventuresome tourists and curious locals, part of a guidebook series. I would love to do a shout out to some of my new friends and newfound and longstanding creatives um, who feed our souls, who feed our bellies here in and around and across the city. I'd love to do a giant shout out to Ching Ching Cha Chinese Tea House in Georgetown, to the Public Option Pico Brewery, and if you're not sure what that is, go to the Public Option and they'll tell you, for a great locally locally made beer, um, to Sullivan's Toy Store in Tenleytown, and to Vintage Glam Tea Party on Kennedy Street Northwest. They're some of the coolest people you will ever meet. Definitely start up a conversation. Love my neighbors and come out and help me support them. Cheers. And if you'd like a copy of 111 Places and you want to do the 111 Places Challenge, where you go to all 111 Places, you get three guidebooks from the series as your reward. Um, You can buy my book at the majority of the locally owned bookstores and the museum gift shops all over town. Thank you so much and enjoy DC. 
We want to thank you all for tuning in to this episode of People That You Don't Know That You Should Know. If you like our show and want to learn more, check out tool2creates.com. And oh yeah, please subscribe on the Apple Podcast. You guys be sure to tune in again next week for another episode of People That You Don't Know That You Should Know. I'm Tyler Westbrook, signing out.